The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Cheryl Hatch from Preschool Plan It. Now, this is, my woohoo went weird then. Mate, have you, has, has, your, has your voice just broken? <laughs> Are you a real, I'm a real man. I think I've just hit puberty or something. Anyway. Shit, you've grown a beard! <laughs> just like that. We know that you'd love to keep this conversation going and find out more about Cheryl and what she's been up to and uh, how this stuff applies to you. So we've got a free Facebook group. If you haven't heard about it yet, where have you been? It's called the Email Marketing Show Community. It's totally free. There's like thousands of business owners in there at this point. I should really look up that number. Like thousands of them though. Uh, just like me and you, all discussing email marketing every single day, figuring out how to apply the stuff we talk about on the podcast to what you're doing. So if you want to come and hang out there, it's totally free. Just go to Facebook and search for The Email Marketing Show Community and you'll be welcomed right in. His solution to decluttering is to rent more storage units. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he was sat directly in front of James Corden at the theatre recently. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy. So there I was. I, did, did did James lean to his wife and go, I think that might be Kennedy from the email marketing show. I cannot confirm or deny. Yeah. He was lovely with everybody, though. I literally, like, sat directly behind me. Like, I think when he laughed at one point, he spat on the back of my neck. I think that's what happened. And you haven't washed your neck since. What I think he actually probably said to his wife is, oh, where's the other one? So what are you decluttering right now? So our house has more things in it than it has space for things. Right. And we keep acquiring things at a rate of knots. Rachel said recently, can we buy a carpet cleaner? And I said, no. She said, can we buy a carpet cleaner? It'll live at my mum's house. And I said, yes. <laughs> so we bought the carpet cleaner. Do you know where it lives? In our house. Anyway, so You've I've just rented scammed. my fourth storage unit. And now I'm putting things in there because that's easier than throwing them away. But if you don't need them, why are you keeping them? Like you've basically gone, I don't need it. But I also like <laughs> I don't to know need I've it on got a daily it. basis. So we've got like three grand's worth of Harry Potter Lego, which we don't need on a daily basis. But equally, I don't want to throw it away or sell it. But once it, you've built it and taken a photo and people have gone, you're quite good, you can flog it on. Well, that's how I feel about it. But Rachel's different. Anyway, so now we're collecting storage units to store things in. And where are you going to put all these storage units? <laughs> yes. That's the question. Hello, every week on this show, we show you how to make more sales and earn more money from your email subscribers. We talk about email marketing, strategy, psychology, tactics, and share what's working right now to make more sales online, making you the email marketing hero of your business with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. So make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. So let's get into the episode. Today, we are joined by the very lovely Cheryl Hatch from Preschool Plan It, as uh, Kennedy said at the top of the show. Uh, so Cheryl, welcome to the email marketing show. Thank you. I'm wicked excited to be talking to you guys. Oh, wicked, wicked excited. excited. Which, if because you she's tell, from Boston. Cheryl is from Boston. Yes. 
Here's a funny thing about Cheryl being in Boston. So we used to run a mastermind and Cheryl was a member of our mastermind. And we were like, where should we run it? And Cheryl and Sheila, two members who have a shh sounding first name, uh, both live in Boston. We were like, we've never been to Boston. Let's fly everybody to Boston. So everybody goes to Boston. Cheryl gets COVID and can't come to bloody the mastermind. It's basically in her back garden. So anyway, we've still never hung out in real life, have we? No, we have not. That's so sad. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You've been um you've been in our world and, and implementing this stuff for a while and like and, and really going for it with your with your business. And one of the things we were talking about and it just amazes me is how you increased your conversion rate for your offer for your membership by 84%. And we're going to, we're going to, and we'll ask you to come on the show and talk about that. Um, so that's, that's the tease. Uh, but before we get into what you did, how, how you increased about 84%, um, let's, let's first of all, find out, just share with us, what is your business? What do you do? Who do you, who do you serve? And then sort of what's the format you do that in? Okay. Well, I serve preschool teachers, which means um, teachers who work with three and four year old children in a group setting. So some teachers work for me before public school or like ABC daycare down the street. And I was a preschool teacher and director for a couple of decades. So I, I bring that to it. And I, the way I serve them is I have a website with tons of free, awesome stuff for them um, to help them create the lesson plans. And it eventually just grew into a membership, a monthly recurring membership where I create lesson plans and professional development training. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's, so it's now, it's a, it's a, it's a monthly membership, is it? It is. It's monthly or they can, you know, do 20% off if they sign up for annual. Yeah. Just to put a bit of context around that, when did you start the, when did you start the, the website, which then morphed into a membership? Okay. Well, the website was 2010. Yep. Um, and the goal of it was just, you know, throw some ads and affiliate links on and call it a part-time business. Yep. So I'm an accidental business owner because the traffic went crazy. It's all about SEO, which is a whole nother thing, right? Um, and teachers started asking for more. So I started creating themes and lesson plans, and then I launched the membership in 2016. And in 2010, threw up a website and put some AdSense on it and stuff, and then SEO it. That was a really viable business model. Uh, it's not now uh, on it by itself, but like uh, it, it was at the time. So at what point in that journey did you get started with email? Did you do that from day one? Did you wait till the membership had sort of naturally emerged? Like what happened? Well, I mean, I kind of sort of had email. It's so funny because back then you could just throw a little blurb that said, hey, sign up for my newsletter. Mm -hmm. yep. There was no such thing as a lead magnet. As a matter of fact, I didn't know what a lead magnet was. I was like, what, wait, a magnet that attracts a lead? What, what is that? You know, and the word tripwire, I thought, that's horrible. Why yeah. would you do that to someone? Like, I, <laughs> I knew nothing about email marketing. And so I had a newsletter and I sent it out once a month and it was packed. I mean, I probably could have sold it as a magazine. It was way too much information. Okay. Um, and it was probably around 2015 where I realized, I think there might be a business here. Like, because just so many people were asking for so many things and I was creating these one-off products, like digital products. And um, and so I started working with, like researching more marketing and somebody, a marketing coach I was working with was like, you need to talk to your people more. Sound familiar, Rob? Yep. Yeah, so you need to talk to them more, right? Um, and so I went from once a month to twice a month, which I thought I would have a heart attack because I didn't want to email my list and annoy them, right? So, um, and I just told them, hey, there's too much stuff in this newsletter, so I'm gonna start doing it weekly. Um, and so that's, that was it. So they signed up for my list. There was no lead magnet and they got a weekly newsletter for me. So and my goal was to drive them back to my blog for the ads and affiliates. Right. So right? There, was no, there was no product yet. This was still 
sort of curate in a community, curating an audience in a, in a, in a platform you owned, email, uh, right. to drive them back to the blog to see these affiliate offers and, and the AdSense and stuff like that. So what do you think, you talk about the frequency of your emails, that's something we've done a lot of work with you on over the, the last few years together. What do you think for you, because I think that's a, a big thing for a lot of people have gone, bloody hell, I don't want to email too often, I don't want to piss people off, I don't want to annoy people. Um, why do you think, do you know why you had a barrier towards increasing frequency? Like, what, what was that about? Well, because I, I am not my audience, right? We always say that. We all say that all the time. But I think that I am. And I think that I get annoyed if I get daily emails from people. Um, and also part of it was I promised them it would be once a month. And I felt like I was breaking a promise. Right. Right. And so I, and I tend to, and anybody in the group knows, sometimes I get very stuck in the box. And it's hard for me to get outside of that box. And I felt like it, you know, I re, it took me a long time, as you know, to sit back and say, you know what, I'm not going to be sending emails for the sake of sending emails. I'm sending emails because I can help people. Right. And I think that's what was missing. That was my barrier of I'm just sending more emails and annoying people as opposed to, for example, rather than sending a five page monthly newsletter, I could send them bits and pieces each week. They could read that, implement it in their classroom and make a difference in their lives. So and the I only kind of... The only kind of emails you were sending were these live emails. Did you have any automations at all? Did you have like a welcome series or anything like that? Oh, nothing. No, there was... Okay. Nope. Okay, so they joined your email list and whenever it happened no to lead. be... Yeah, nothing. And it was... Yeah. It, it, it no was lead magnet, no welcome sequence, no... Not even a, hey, con congratulations, you've joined the list. It was just, they started getting the newsletters. Okay. okay. I mean, that was it. Okay, okay. And so what would you say when you came into our world... What was the first major change or the first change you made? Okay, well, before coming into your world, I did put a welcome sequence in place. Yeah. So it was uh, like a getting getting to know you sequence. And it was four emails here. You know, they would get the lead. I did create a lead magnet. Yeah. Finally, right? So it was a lead magnet where they get this download. And I also, part of that lead magnet is each month on the first of the month, you'll receive a PDF download with some activities to get you started creating a week-long lesson plan. Okay. That's my promise with the lead magnet. That's so quite, that's been that's quite a big lead magnet, isn't it? Like, hey, my lead magnet is you'll get something today, but also every start of every month going forward, I'm going to give you some inspiration for the month ahead. High value, but, you know, we've I know we've thrown this idea around a lot and back and forth, but, you know, in today's world, that's such a high value thing. It kind of stands out. I, I like it. I love it. Okay. Yeah, and so... Um, so that's what they're signing up for. So what, what was happening before I came into your world was the lead magnet delivered the same day, yeah, which was a lesson planning form. Yep. And then on the first of every month, they're going to get this download and a weekly newsletter. So, and then they would get the first welcome email. And that, that was four days, every day in a row for four days, the welcome email. And then they just went into the weekly newsletter. And the, the welcome email was just, I mean, the, the series was, you know, what I think a lot of us are told, like, just let them know who you are and why they should trust you. And like every, you know, all the, um, and here's what I sell and here's how I can help. Like it was, I mean, it was okay, but it was just, it was there because I was told I'm supposed to have a welcome sequence. So that's what I had in right. place. And so what was the first change then? So that's what you had. And then right. you came into our world. What first sort of okay, thing so did you switch? The first change there were two changes that I made when I first came into your world. And the first change was um, redoing my welcome sequence so that I use like more of the psychology that you guys talk about, which is, you know, letting, let, sure, letting them know who I am and how, why they should trust me, but without saying, this is why you should trust me. Yeah. Rather than telling. So that was the first thing I did. And that 
actually increased my engagement. It didn't change conversion, but it changed my engagement. People were writing back to me saying, oh my gosh, I so agree with you. That's exactly how I feel about teaching. So what does that matter? It didn't change my conversion rate. But what I know is because people are replying to me, that likely increased my deliverability, right? Because Google is saying, oh, wait, these people are talking back and forth. Let's put this in their primary inbox, which I know that's a whole nother topic. But um, but that that was a big change for me. I usually didn't get reply emails. So it was really cool because I don't do anything live with my audience. So it was really cool to have another way to engage with them. The second thing I did, which took you, you alluded to it earlier, it took, and I'm sorry, I have to give Rob all the kudos for this, but I mean, pushing me, pushing me to do, to, to reach out more and to, I mean, you know, it was hard to go from once a month to weekly. Now you're telling me you should go to twice a week. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. I went through that whole mindset thing again. Um, and I know that actually, Kennedy, you and I talked on one of the um, hot seat coaching calls about, I don't want to send an email for the sake of sending an email. So what could it be? Yeah. And so teachers get burnt out by Thursday when you've had 16 little three-year-olds all week long, you're tired. Mm-hmm. So what I do, what I did was I did add, this is where you need like the, you know, clouds part and angels saying, I did start sending out a second um, email every week. <laughs> There they are, angels on cue. Thank you so much. And so what and what it is, is what we had talked about in that call, which is, um, it's an inspiration. It's like a quote, maybe from Mr. Rogers or from Maria Montessori, who's well known in this field. And, and it's just an inspiration. Like, so I would talk just about whatever that quote was and how you as a teacher are awesome because this is what you're helping your children do. And I would have a little quote and a little image and just have a great rest of your week. And I added a super signature at the bottom, mm-hmm. which are just, you know, helpful, you know, wait, help. I think it says something like helpful, helpful tips. One sends them to my website on my theme page. One sends them to my store. One sends them to my membership offer. Love it. So there's no direct call to action. It's just like a signature at the end of the email. Mm-hmm. Um, and those I get a lot. I still get a lot of replies saying, thanks. I really needed this today. I was really questioning my entire career yeah this week so you know so i mean those i think also help deliverability but that was huge you guys know it took you six months to for me to finally implement that because i just had this mindset around it so i love it so uh what happened next talk us through the next stages you made these two big changes this uh renewed welcome sequence following our getting to know you sequence increase email frequency too um what else is happening okay well then I thought, okay, so this is when I said, okay, so I'm looking at all the campaigns and thinking, what can I do to increase the conversion rate of new members? Because when, like, I know when I sign up for something, I'm really excited that I found this person or this group or this thing. This is when they're, sorry, Jack, that's my dog. He thinks that he is the dog blog and that he should be the, uh, he's the star. He's the star. He's good. Okay. Um, So, sorry, I lost track of my thought Uh, for a second there. Um, what I wanted to do was say, while they're really excited, they have found my world. They, they know they found someone that they can know, like, and trust. And that's what I'm building. Um, how can I convert a higher percentage of these new members that join every month? And so I decided to create campaigns based on what I was learning from you guys in, what do we call it? Like an engine, like, instead of just the getting to know you, what can I then send to them? That's going to help them either grow, know, like, and trust and increase my conversion to my membership. Mm -hmm. So that's what I started working on. So 
I actually added, I think it's quite a bit because for me, considering I used to have nothing, this was huge, right? So the first thing I did was you guys talk about the score engine, mm. which I absolutely love. So like a sales led campaign is the S content led campaign is the C objection handling is the O risk reversal is the R and I already had engagement, the E nailed with my weekly biweekly newsletters. Right. Mm. So that's what I did. I created a sales led campaign, which to me just felt like a launch campaign. And you know, I balked at that too. Right. Cause I felt like I don't want them to, here, getting to know me, and then a bunch of emails that say, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, right? Right. So, but, and technically that's what it is, but it's so much better and more than that, because you're not just saying, buy my thing, you're saying, here's what I have, here's who you are, and here's how it can benefit you. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned through this whole process is how to talk about my thing and not just talk about features. But the benefit of it's important that they know because people want to know, what do I get? If I'm going to pay you this money, what am I going to get? Mm -hmm. But they also want to know, okay, I get that. But so what? How does that help me? Right. Mm -hmm. You uh, get I, this thing so that you can now do this and be an awesome preschool teacher or um, that was huge for me. Yeah, and, and we used um, we work with you quite a bit on on what we call the Fab T framework, which we've yes. talked about elsewhere. We're not going to it today, but um, really going beyond just features and benefits. But you actually took it onto a whole two extra dimensions of, of this of this ability, which and the ability and what that what has that done for you? Be able to talk to your audience in your emails, but I'm sure in all of your copy and all your communications. With that in mind. How has that changed the way you feel and, and the way that you communicate with people? I don't feel salesy anymore. Huh. Like everyone feels that way, right? Like I, that's that's the big barrier, right? Of why you don't want to email people more. Well, I don't want to sound salesy. I don't, well, we need to sell our stuff or we don't have a business. We all know that, but we don't want to seem like one of those people who are just like, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing. Mm. And I think what it's changed is that, yeah, I have this thing, but I created it because it really will help you. And so it's really changed how I look at talking about my membership, because I know that it is going to benefit not every single preschool teacher, but for the right teacher, they're going to know that this benefit is exactly what they need. Um, so I just, I feel better about talking about it. I don't have any, Ooh, I don't know if I want to talk about my membership. I do. I want to scream it from the rooftops, but in a way that's going to help them. And um, it's definitely changed. Like every single email I send out, even my newsletters now, I don't even question doing a call to action hmm. for the membership. I just don't even question it anymore. I'm like, oh, how do I marry this copy to the membership? How can I show them that this email that's about teaching preschool science, here's how the membership can benefit them even more with that. Yeah. So I love it. And you, and you you wouldn't be creating this stuff if it wasn't good and if it didn't help people. So like, why not show it to people? So I'm, we, we're so glad that you started to embrace that. Let's put some meat on the numbers of this whole bone a little bit. What can you tell us in terms of the changes from where you were before to where you are now? We, we already mentioned that percentage increase uh, in, in subscribers joining the membership. What does that really mean? Okay. So what I did was I looked at, I'm a metrics geek. Mm -hmm. A lot of people know that I love my, I love me some numbers. So what I did was I looked at last year, May 1st through July 31st, new members only. This isn't my existing list, just new members only. How many people joined? And of those people who joined within that time frame, how many of them joined the membership from May 1st to July 31st? The percentage was just under 2.5%. So that's 2.5% of the people who joined your email list then became members. Became members within that three-month period. Right. right. Two and a half percent. Okay. Right. And so I had read, you know, we read all these things online that 
if you are converting, you know, new subscribers at three to five percent, you're doing well. And I thought, well, you're pretty damn, close. You're pretty close. Let's go to five percent. Yeah, I'm not at even at three. Let's see if I can how close I can get to five percent. That was my goal. I have in place, and that that was based on the getting the lead magnet, getting to know your sequence into the weekly newsletter. Two and a half. Let's just say that again, then. So that two point five percent was just people going. They they came into lead magnet. Getting to know you, getting to know your sequence, and then the newsletter. That's all you had in place at that point. Is that right? Correct. Okay, good. Two and a half percent. Okay, which was falling short of what you'd read online, which was you're aiming for three to five. Five being the top end, obviously, and three being kind of what you should be aiming for. Aiming for, though, remember, like it's not like what most people are getting. Like that's what you're aiming for. All right. Correct. So this year, the difference is I revamped my getting to know you sequence, my welcome sequence. I rewrote the emails. From there, they now go into the sales-led campaign, which I use one called the Overture. Yep. And it's six days. But again, I don't like emailing every single day if I don't need to. So I send them out every other day. Okay. So you've diluted the frequency a little bit to feel to make it feel more like you. Cool. Right. And then from there, I, inst- I put in place a content-led campaign, mm-hmm. which is, I think I use the daisy chain, which basically is video. And videos for me work good because I can't do live because there's so many time zones with my audience. Sure. So a pre-recorded video where they can watch it at their pay at their it's great for them. So they get this video that talks about this one thing, and that's they get. I think it's three emails. Is that correct with the Daisy Chain? I think it's three emails. And again, every other day, right? Mm-hmm. So now my new members, instead of it just taking four days and they go into my newsletter, it now takes them probably like twenty-one days mm-hmm. to get through all this before they join my newsletter, mm-hmm. before they get my newsletter. So that's what I instituted. So as of May 1st, that was all instituted. So this year, May 1st through July 31st, just looking how many new people joined my world. And, 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 before, many- and before we go any further, this is okay. just the S and the C. This is just, Correct. well, you've done engagement with your welcome sequence and you've also got engagement taken care of with the ongoing, but you've got that, you've also got sales and content. So you're still doing the final tweaks on your objection handling and your risk reversal. They're not live yet. Okay, that's great. So right. that's where we're at now. Right. So I looked at literally August 1st, I was online to look at these numbers to compare them to last year. <laughs> so May 1st of this year to July 31st, Again, just looking at how many new members joined my list and what percentage of them converted to the membership in the same time frame, just a hair under 4.6%. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. Like, you're not even, you haven't even just hit the 3% goal that most people have, but you're like so close, like 4.6. You're all, you're almost at that 5% high end, which is just incredible. And that's with two of the campaigns that you're going to have in place. 4.6%. So that's an increase in percentage of 84%. And and what does that what does that mean for you? Cuz for some people people might go, "Well, I don't know what that means for my business." Or whatever. What does that mean for you? Like, you know, you've you, you know, you've you're a business owner, you're a, you know, a passionate person. What, that increase, what does it really mean for you though? I think what it means is that I'm actually communicating how I can help them in a better way. And, and I think it's helping. They've realized that I, I do get them. I do understand how, what they need. It's been very specific because as you talked about before with the fab T talking about, okay, how can this person, this business, this company, how can they help me? Um, and I just think I've been able to communicate it. And these emails have helped me just be more real because I don't do live things with my audience 
these emails, they're my voice. They feel like they know me. Like they know I love corgis. They know that I love, you know, coffee. They know, like, they know that even though I'm not, you know, live anywhere with them. Um, something that was very interesting about these two campaigns for me that I think that it's important for anyone listening to this to know too, is, you know, when we run a new campaign, we want to see like instant results. Like this campaign created this percentage of sales or here's the interesting thing for me is that most of the sales didn't happen while they were live in these campaigns. If you were to look at the results of each campaign, you'd be like, oh, that's almost abysmal. Like there were no sales or very few sales. Cause a lot of people are like, oh, it didn't work. But you know, I was like, no, we're given this three months. We're going to see what happens. What happened was obviously a huge increase in conversion. Why? Because the sales led campaign and this content led campaign solidified the no like and trust of my audience so that when they got the newsletters and now I'm talking about teaching preschool science or teaching, you know, how to have a good circle time, they already know that I know my stuff and they know that they can trust me. That's when the sales are happening. So isn't that interesting? Like 21 days of these emails and I'm thinking, oh, they're all going to unsubscribe and they're going to be so mad. And no, they were just like, okay, okay. Nope. Not yet. Not yet. Cause they don't know if they know, like, or trust me because right. there's no other way they can learn about me except through these emails. So it just took a little longer, but I'll tell you in that month, two and three, 4.6%. And this is, this is a thing that people really don't think about a lot is they go, yeah, I'm going to put some automations in. And as you say, expect to make sales of those automations. Yes, we should definitely expect to make sales of those automations. Of course, that's why they're there. Yes. But of course, those automations are also teeing up all of the beliefs, all of the information, all of the context and understanding what your offer is that helps the future live emails. We always say, look, your first sales automation you should not remove it, even though the, the highest conversion automation in our business is our content-led automation. So some people might say, well, screw it. Take the sales automation out and put the content one first. No, because the sales-led automation is building the context. It's building up the information of this is what the offer is before we get into the content-led automation. Because now, by the time they get into that one, they understand what the offer is. They know what it is. So I think remembering that, yes, you want to make sales during that sequence during that campaign, but also the knock-on effect they have later. It's about that bigger picture and be able to dig in the data and go, do you know what? If I just looked at those individual things in isolation, we would have got a boost, but it wouldn't have been an 84% boost. And that's the difference. So tell us where you are about where you're at like right now in terms of how you feel about your email marketing and where you're at with it. I feel great about my email marketing. It's been, I mean been excited because it's been all new campaigns. I haven't done this for years, right? Mm. Like create new campaigns and new automations. I mean, I haven't had automations ever. Mm. I mean, I had one automation, which is I have one-off products. They're like low dollar, $6. And there are three follow-up emails to promote, you know, my membership. But these are like, it's like, a, it is a whole engine of, of things happening. Um, and I feel excited because I feel like it's pretty solid um, with this. But what I have done too, like right now, as of this week, my objection handling is complete and I'm actually putting my current list through it. Anyone who went through, I just had a back to school promotion because you know it's back to school time. So anyone who didn't buy is now going through, and that's a survey of, okay, I see that you didn't buy, why? Mm -hmm. And where I talk about that. So that's the one that I created. Um, they, I just turned that on on Monday. So we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you posted. Um, and then also I have the risk reversal is almost done. I'm solidifying that this week. 
And once the objection handling campaign is done, my entire list will also go through that. And that's where I'm offering one low dollar item that they can't get in my store only through this automation, which also shows them exactly what they would get in the membership. So I think it's going to be helpful. But anyways, my whole list is going through it because it's a new campaign. Mm -hmm. But also they're both, they are also both in my new member campaign. So now my new member campaign, anybody new who joins, getting to know you, sales-led campaign, the content-led campaign, and then they'll go through this objection handling and the risk reversal and then the newsletter. And that's what we love. It's that perfect balance of run a campaign live now, make a bunch of sales, automate it so that everyone else who goes through it goes through it and and forever. And that's that's amazing. For listeners listening to this, we've talked about a lot of stuff. So what one action do you think has had the most impact on everything you've done so far with email since coming into our world? What one action? I don't know if it's an action, but honestly, it goes back to that whole mindset of really looking at why are you email marketing anyways? It's it's not just to make sales. Of course, it's to make sales. That's why we're a business. But like, why why are you doing this business? What what change? What help? How do you want to help the world? How do you want to help your audience? And when you remember that that's why you're doing this, creating campaigns and sales campaigns and promoting your thing, it becomes, you, you truly do, it sounds really corny, but it, you do really feel like it's a service. You know, if people get mad and they unsubscribe, they're going to unsubscribe. That's just part of it. Like you, I mean, I have 50 people a week unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen. Like they're either not in the field anymore, or maybe they just don't have the same philosophy of me. That's okay. There's, there's enough people out there for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's, it's really a mindset of just knowing that once you switch that to knowing that I'm going to email them because I know I can serve them and I'm going to talk to them like a real person, not like a sales machine. It will just be so, so much easier. I love it. If anyone's listening, thinking, I would love to just go and check out what it is you're doing. Where should we go? What's a good website for us to go and check it out? Okay. Well, my main website, I mean, it's, um, it's probably the best place and it's uh, preschool and then a dash plan and then a dash it.com preschool plan it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Definitely go and check out what uh, Cheryl's doing and have a look at her because she's got some serious marketing jobs and uh, and doing some really amazing stuff uh, in, in that world. Cheryl, um, before we go, I know you've um, you've got some lovely subject lines that have really increased your, your open rates and, and stuff like that. So we're going to go into this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. What have you got for, I know you've got three, I think. I have three, these three, I was looking at my subject lines and these three actually, I mean, you know, open rates being what they are, we'll take them with a grain of salt. But when you see your open rate jump up 10% from one email, you're like, ooh, that resonated, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So these three actually increased my open rate by about 10%. Huh. And so the first one was called, he looked perplexed. What did she say? And it plays on that curiosity that you guys have talked about. Like they want to say, um, who looked perplexed? And what did she say? Who is she? Um, and it, it it definitely increased it. And it was um it was actually about a word called gazinta. Okay. My dad used to say it when he was doing math. He would, you know, when he was doing division, like two goes into 10 five times. <laughs> he used to call it gazinta. So, and I had said that when I was paying the bills and my husband said, what are you doing? I said, ah, just doing my gazintas. And he looked at me and I'm like, 30 years, I've never used that phrase with you. Anyways, it actually transitioned into teaching preschool math. Wow. So that increased it. The second one was just, it was an email to promote one of my low dollar one-off products and the subject line was spiders colon creepy or fascinating 
with a question mark. Interesting. So it sounded like it was going to be a poll, right? Like, do you find them creepy or fascinating? And then it's just a little blurb story about some kids will find them creepy. Some will find them fascinating. Um, some people will stand on a chair like it's a mouse, but here's some great activities to do with your kids so they can learn more about spiders. And then the final one was, it, it was like a game of whack-a-mole, dot, dot, dot. So, and that one increased by 10%, you know, cause that game of any of you, you probably have envisions of that game now. And it's, you know, it's one of those games that creates anxiety, right? Cause one pops up and then you hit it and then the other one pops up. And the email was really about how um, you kind of feel like it's whack-a-mole in a preschool classroom because you're helping kids over here who are having a fight in the block area. And the next thing you know, somebody's throwing water at the water table. So you feel like whack-a-mole all day. You don't have time to even write up lesson plans. And then it segues into that. I love it. I love it. Thanks for those. That's this week's subject lines of the week. Subject lines of the week. Lines of the week. Subject lines. If you if you want to get your hands on the same resources that Cheryl has been using to do all of the stuff we've talked about in this episode and far more, go and check out our membership at theleaguemembership.com. You'll be able to find out everything about our campaigns, our strategies, the the curriculum to follow through, the order to do it in, as well as our sort of coaching and mentoring to get through that as well. Theleaguemembership.com. Awesome stuff. Cheryl, thank you so much for being on the show, sharing what you've been doing it, and also massive congrats on going out of your comfort zone, wildly out of your comfort zone, taking action on it, and and you're reaping the rewards now. So well done, and thanks for being here. Well, thank you. We'll see you all next week. We'll do it again. Make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast player. We're back next email marketing Wednesday, and we're going to do it all again with a brand new episode and more awesomeness. See you then.